I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Trevor Thompson. Uh, Trevor is an accredited investor participating as an LP in uh, 18 deals, 15 of them still active, and has now become a GP uh, in, in, I'm assuming this is up to date uh, with, with one deal. Um, but I, I really I want to let people hear your story through your words. So first, thanks for so much for coming on the show this morning. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Excited to be here. So awesome. very interestingly, I started 20, well, 23 now, because I've been let go for a little while from iFly. And our very first team meeting, the owner gave everybody a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I've always had some interest in real estate, but never really thought about it as investing in real estate. And so even though, you know, I didn't follow everything in the book, you know, it kind of opened my eyes and I went, wow, this is incredible. And then I did what everybody else did. I went back to my corporate life, building my career, working 80 hours a week, you know, doing everything. And it was just, you know, paid no attention to investing in real estate, didn't look at it more, didn't think about it more. Um, and then fortunately, we got bought out by a private equity company and I, and I got some, some money. I had some stocks in the company. And so I went, well, if there's ever a time to start passively investing, this is it. Sure. You know, I started going to the weekend seminars, you know, the guys that give us 50,000 and we'll tell you how to buy an apartment or an office building with your credit card. And I went, well, that doesn't quite sound right. You know, I went to about three of those. And then I found a local one. And the reason I liked it is they were local. You know, their motto was Texas, Texans investing in Texas. So I thought, okay, I can go to meetings. I can see these people, um, you know, I, that will accelerate me. And, you know, I wasn't even aware how much of a team sport, you know, commercial real estate investing was. I just, you know, knew that I needed to be connected with a group of people. And so I joined that group, started, uh, you know, being obsessive, just, my nature started learning and learning and learning and, uh, you know, five years later, still learning and learning and learning. But I quickly jumped on passively investing probably too early. Um, in hindsight, I wouldn't have invested in those two first deals knowing what I know now. But again, I learned a lot and, uh, you know, I didn't want to wait. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, there's a lot to be said for for getting started. Um or, or taking action, even uh, whether you're a hundred percent ready, which probably nobody's ever a hundred percent ready. So, t tell me that sort of time frame again. When did that start for you? So that um, was in uh, in nineteen. Let me just think. It was five years ago now. So uh, I can't even do my math. Uh, so twenty seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Okay, and so you started with these with these. I, I know. I understand. I know exactly which <laughs> which weekend courses you're talking about. I've been to them as well. Um, but then you found, you know, kind of a local real estate meetup and invested. So 
I think it's important for listeners and, and other people considering passive investing to understand, you know, sort of why you said you invested too soon or, you know, might not have invested in those first couple of deals. Would, would you mind walking us through, you know, kind of what? Yeah, you know, I just, to be honest, I, I learned only enough to be dangerous um, as I refer to it. You know, I learned enough. I learned that I wanted to do it. And again, you know, it, it, the first two deals could have been great and I might not have known the difference. But what really happened was I didn't know enough to really understand the scope of the deal. Um, you know, so for example, in Texas, you've got to watch out for property taxes mm-hmm. and insurance. And then you need to make sure that the sponsor has enough CapEx in their budget and some reserves for moving forward. Both of these projects underestimated property taxes, insurance, and didn't have enough CapEx built into the budget to execute the entire plan. And, you know, I just didn't know enough to know that, right? right. I just had no idea. Um, you know, now, of course, I have a great idea, and that's some of my first questions for any Texas investment, just because that's a phenomenon that's Texas-centric. Um, you know, we've had a lot of disasters in Texas, so our insurance is high. Um, we've had uh, really aggressive counties because there's no state tax, so they get all their money from property taxes, so they they aggressively go after you. Um, and, you know, and the two projects, basically, I didn't lose my money. Um, which is, again, that is, a, you know, sponsor's first responsibility. Um, but it would have been nice to make a little bit of money, um, you know, my first two investments. But I learned a ton um, just just by by sort of going through that experience. And both of them went fairly quickly, the first one in, in less than two years. And it was basically they knew they were trading dollars and they got an unsolicited 1031 exchange offer, all cash, close in a you know short period of time and they pulled the investor said listen you know we're up a thousand bucks down a thousand bucks we're not making money any month we suggest we take the offer and of course everybody voted yes and uh, they took the offer and got got out quickly and everybody got their money back yeah well yeah and that's i mean definitely you <laughs> go into these investments hoping to make lots of money yeah. but the, the not losing your money at least is a, is a big step. Um, and, and the learning lessons involved, and those are great points in that you need to know what are the, you know, even as a passive investor, be good to know what are the intricacies of whatever market you've decided to invest in. So, you know, you, you, as you mentioned in Texas, property taxes are very high. I used to live in Houston. I was, I owned a house. I was shocked by what the property taxes were just on a, on a single family home. So, um, you can imagine the the multiples that that would be on a, a multifamily property. So it, it's important to kind of understand all of that and understand that your sponsor does have those things calculated correctly and and the reserves to cover you know kind of any issues that may come up for sure. So those two you know didn't go the way you wanted them, but but you stuck with it. You sort of saw the the value Definitely. in it, right? I stuck with it. I've had another third one go full cycle. And this one was a slightly different investment. I was just a craft position with no upside, you know, so in theory, that's kind of like a loan. And it was an apartment to condo conversion. And again, it struggled because it was an apartment to condo conversion and then COVID hit and you couldn't evict. So you bought a non-performing, didn't break even, even apartment complex. And now you can't evict the tenants. And now they're even empowered not to pay them. Um, so it was super stressful. 18 months, they didn't make a prep payment. 
But very fortunately, real estate prices also skyrocketed last mm-hmm. You know, so something they were selling 265 pre-pandemic sold for 465 post-pandemic, you know, so that saved the project. Um, and again, you know, real estate appreciating is something investors need to realize. And it certainly saved the day here. Um, and, you know, they just they ended up even the upside people made about 11 percent, which is still OK. Um, all things considered, considering they had to carry the project for about 18 months with no movement forward. Um, it was a really good one. And then I have another investment going full cycle. And fingers crossed, if it goes full cycle, um, it will be at 3x of my money in about two years, which is like home run out of the park, right? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, and you should not expect that to happen on a regular basis. You know, that's a phenomenon based a little bit on the crazy market going on, um, you know, so they shouldn't expect that, but I'm, I'll, I'll take it. Thank you very much. And it will, it will certainly offset some of the other things that have happened. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really actually a good little snapshot there of kind of all the, all the things that can happen. And it's, it's a bit of an argument to, to, you know, think about diversity, think about, you know, yeah. kind of, you can't you can't use one one single investment as your marker as for how all else will go right because you have you have some that you know didn't make you any money but you got your money back you have one there that you mentioned that you know was you were as in a prep position which for people um that maybe don't understand do you want to kind of walk through that how that yeah uh, so how that this works? one was slightly different this was a prep with no upside and it was paid monthly. So in theory, it's almost like a loan. It was an 11%. So you're making just less than 1% a month. And they actually paid it monthly. Um, and it's it's a way that sometimes they do because they, they can't borrow enough money. And mm-hmm. so basically, it's, it's expensive debt still and compared to regular debt. But it's right. inexpensive debt compared to, you know, making investors 16, 17, 18, 19% because there is no upside, right? You're, you're purely just uh, going along. And, and, and I have a couple of investments that way, just sort of to balance out my portfolio. And, and it's a really good mechanism if you want to use your retirement funds, for example, keep them a little more secure, um, you know, that, that okay, I'm not going to shoot for the home run on this one. I'm quite happy with a double. And, you know, because if you can do a double over and over and over again on your retirement money, um, it can grow quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you have, you know, you have your, your pref equity type of investment, and then you have, now you have this one that's three Xing in two years. That's, those are all, those are all things that happen um, okay. for sure. And, and obviously in that small snapshot, you can see that's not going to be the same every single time, right? It's not yeah. going to, you're not going to get three times your money on every single investment. You're, you're not likely to make no money on every single investment, but yeah. what's nice in, and not that it can't happen, but you didn't lose money. That's correct. Yeah, and that's, correct. And that's a huge point, I think, for people that mm-hmm. investing in real estate, because, you know, if you have a stock portfolio and you look at right now where that's at, it's, it's, probably if it's anything like mine down quite a bit. And so there's, there's a lot of uh, obviously, obviously a lot of things, a lot of variables that can impact what your returns are. But at the end of the day, 
real estate is is actually quite safe and and generally even when things don't go well you're likely to at least get your money back and maybe a little bit on yeah. top of that and, and, and you get some uh, depreciation as well right so you know so i had other things that were making income on my passive income so even though these made money they showed paper losses of passive in, you know depreciation income yeah. and so both neither of those first two did accelerated depreciation um they they didn't do it but uh, you, you you know other ones have and you know, but it, there's still depreciation, even if you take it the normal slow way. And right. so there was tax savings, right? So at the end of the day, in theory, yes, I did make money because I was able to take those passive losses against my active earnings because at the time I still had a W-2 job. And so it, so in essence, I did make money um, on the total overall portfolio. And then, of course, that money comes in as capital gains versus ordinary income. Uh, so there's lots of, you know, so even in theory, it sounds horrible. You didn't make any money. I shouldn't invest. Uh, if you look at the tax advantages of real estate investing um, on a whole picture, you actually can do quite well, even when you don't, in theory, make cash money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's. It, Point being, there's a lot of no idea, right? right. Uh, no, no idea of, you know, I did that first year's income tax and, you know, and it was like, um, oh, wow, you know, and but then when I did it, I was like, oh, wow, this is way better than I thought. Like I got a refund versus yeah. pain, you know, and, I would, and, and then I actually analyzed why. And, it, and I did have one accelerated depreciation that happened at the end of that year as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that really helped. And that was also the year I lost my job. And I actually became active in a deal. I was passive. I volunteered as an asset manager. So I was able to switch my tax status to professional real estate agent because I'd gotten let go. And even though I was collecting severance, there was no time to collect the severance. And so all of these things multiplied together to actually be a pretty big win. Right. Um, and not everybody will get that win, right? Some people still want to keep their jobs and just invest, um, you know, the, you don't, have to get active it just gives you that next level right right yeah it gives you the ability to use those depreciation losses against any w-2 or active income yeah. that you have so it's a there's uh we've actually had a cpa on and talked talked a fair bit about that because it's yeah. something that that's a very very powerful tool to use um but yeah, you have to obviously speak to your your own CPA and have one who's versed in real estate so that you can uh, make sure you're not doing anything that's going to bring the IRS to your door. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a the the point is there's a there's a lot of really a lot of angles that real estate can help you in terms of you know sort of creating and, and growing your wealth. So yeah, um, it's really a, a very powerful tool. Well, let's let's talk a little bit here about about that transition from uh, passive investor to active investor, and kind of what what steps did you take? How how's that work? How how did that start? And now yeah, how's so that, that working for you? I started volunteering as an asset manager for one of the properties that I didn't make money that was you know was struggling, and so I went and volunteered my services, and uh, you know not everything went how I would hope, and. Uh, you know, it, it, we had a disagreement about 10 months into it. And uh, so when there's a disagreement, you're a volunteer. You're the first guy to go, yeah. um, which is OK. You know, I was not in charge and uh, I still in hindsight, you know, I, I think the direction I wanted to go was the right one. But 
that's, you know, anybody can be right in hindsight, right? It's, I could have been totally wrong. <laughs> right. And so, and again, it gave me that advantage. And then, so then I decided, okay, I'm, I'm now I'm going to switch to active. And I was shocked how hard it was. I was shocked. Like I couldn't find a property. I was making offers. I couldn't get close to, to even whisper, let alone people that were paying 10% more than that. They right. call it asking price for those that don't know what whisper is. Um, you know, and it took me a long time to get there. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people don't talk about the, you know, people get paid to do things on active because of the risk. Yeah. And unfortunately, my first GP deal, um, I suffered the risk. Um, we had a very large deal in San Antonio, a loan assumption. And we, after six months, we never qualified for the loan assumption, no matter what we did. And we ended up losing a total of 350000 which 75 was mine. Um, again, a very hard lesson moving, you know, so I had a hard lesson on my first passive and I had a hard lesson on my first active. Yeah. But again, I learned so much. Um, and, you know, there are risks when you switch to the active side, right? The, the passive investors, they, they don't have the risk, right? They're, the only thing they're risking is their investment capital. And on this, that deal, all the passive investors got their money back. And it was only us sponsors that, that lost any money. And we're, you know, we're working diligently to get another deal. There'll be a win and I'll, I'll end up way ahead in life. I, I'm still not thinking I made the wrong decision. I'm not ready to throw in the towel. Um, You know, it's quite interesting that it just accelerates your learning is all it does is it accelerated my learning and, uh, you know, taught me some lessons. And, you know, you mentioned I'm a GP in one and I'm a very small GP in one. And then I'm actually now doing two more deals. They're 506B, so I can't talk about them here right now. But I managed to join somebody else's deal and get a little larger position. And I'm going to be the boots on the ground part of the asset manager, which means I live the closest to the property. So I'll help them execute the plan. And then I have another property that we just got under contract. In fact, this week we're doing our due diligence. And so it's it's starting. I'm starting to get the traction um, yeah. after all that hard work. And at the end of the day, I think it's made me a better sponsor because I've learned so many things. You know, I, I, I you know, I didn't get lucky and have a few home runs out of the gate. And so I learned what is it like to be a passive investor you know, what is it like to be a passive investor on a deal that's struggling? What is it like to be a passive on a deal that's going well? In my variety of passive investments, you know, some there's no communication. Some there's a lot of communication. Some are just in the middle. And so you learn what what should I be as, a, as the sponsor um, to satisfy my investors, to make them feel comfortable. So it's been it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. I mean. And it, it, it's true that everything's everything's a learning lesson. Everything's, you know, kind of part of the process. Um, I wanted to kind of just touch on, you know, what you mentioned about you know, sort of losing that money on that deal that fell through. I think one of the things that, that maybe a lot of passive investors don't know is that generally when we're working through getting a deal under contract, you have to put down a deposit, which I think people, people probably know you have to put down a deposit. What they probably don't know is that in a lot of cases, especially uh, with this having been such a seller's market for so long, in a lot of places, what you're, or in a lot of cases, what you're doing is you're putting down uh, what's called hard money. And, and essentially it means as soon as you put down that deposit, you don't get it back. No matter what happens, basically, you don't get it back. So there is a 
large risk uh, of of a lot of money that you know if the deal doesn't go through, that those sponsors lose whatever um, earnest money that was that was hard. They they lose that money. It's just yeah. gone. And so yeah, unfortunately, you experienced that. I know you know there other people have as well. It's a it's a very challenging and stressful position to be in because it's like you're working so hard to to build this business and then uh all of a sudden you get <laughs> you have that setback as a big big chunk of your own capital for building yeah. your business is is gone and so it it's when uh when you think about you know from a passive investor when you think about you know yeah there are some fees that the sponsors get this is why right this is the re- those risks that you're taking on the amount of work that it takes to to get a deal under contract you know you said you said you worked for 6 months on that one and it didn't mm-hmm. it didn't actually come to fruition and, and you lost your earnest money at that point so there's uh th- there's some significant challenges there and and that's you know sort of where where that uh that sort of extra bump in um yeah. you know fees and and the um their ownership percentage comes in and that's the reason for it. Right. If, if you want to, if you don't want those risks, then go ahead and be passive. And it's, Correct. it's a, uh, it's a perfectly good way to make money still. So yeah. uh, it's, and, and, and quite honestly, probably a lot safer, I think to, to yes. be, you know, people don't necessarily look at it that way that, you know, you're, because you are investing, you're investing in someone and trusting them, but basically you have a lot less at risk likely than that sponsor did to get that deal under, under contract. Um, so as you're moving into being more of the, the active role and you, is it your, your goal is to be, you know, sort of on the asset management side. Is that, is that where you see your role fitting? Yeah, that's because, again, you know, I opened and ran small businesses. Uh, I like running businesses. I like incremental improvements. I mean, all the things I did through my whole career are all what an asset manager does, and I enjoy that part of it. Um, And it's not my goal to do that forever, right? My goal is to do it on a few projects, get pretty good at it, and then be able to that will let me manage people that are doing that. So I could be a lead on a team where, you know, another, and I call myself young enough and coming, I'm not young, but you know, I'm a new person in the game. And right. so I'm willing to put the sweat and the hard work into it to master the skill. Um, and I've spent a lot of energy learning it and studying it. And, uh, you know, I volunteered for it. And then my goal is to ultimately get to where I can call myself proficient in it. Um, and proficient in it means, you know, I, I think until you've actually done it, you you just, there's no hope of being proficient, right? Mm-hmm. Until you've actually like been there every day. Um, in fact, even the one I volunteered, um, they ended up firing the property manager too. So I self-managed the deep value add 176 unit. Um, wow. so, so you want to talk about learning everything, right? You know, <laughs> I was the property manager company along with uh, looking at the investor side, you know, I, I mean, I did everything from sweep the parking lot. And the reason I swept the parking lot was I had work that needed to be done. And I couldn't fix the AC, but I could sweep the parking lot. So if I swept the parking lot, two guys could go fix AC units. It was um, it was just what had to be done to get get our plan executed. Yeah. Um, and, and it was okay. And then and then once I get more comfortable, then I'll I'm doing it all locally, you know, so within driving distance is my goal. And then as I perfect it, then I could, you know, perhaps do it in other markets as long as I had a person that was boots on the ground in those markets, then I could help direct them. 
and I wouldn't have sure. to go, you know, on a regular basis. I would still go because I still think everybody should go to their asset that their 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 asset manager and spend some time, you know, surprise visits, planned visits, night visits. Um, all of those things should be done by any sponsor. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, totally agree, and I it, it's a great uh, you know kind of rundown there of what you know of even just a small part of what's involved in being, you know, kind of the asset manager, you're, you're, you're really um, like a, pro- a problem solver. You're putting out all the fires, you're addressing whatever is, as uh, you know, sort of most pressing at that moment. Um, and then trying to keep the asset on track so that you don't have as many fires to put out and kind of, right. kind of get it in the right direction. So yeah, asset management is, is a, is a challenging role to be in and it's, um, I, I agree. It, it's it's something that you have to do to get proficient at, and then then the idea would be okay. Now now I can hire other people, and essentially you know put them in that role. Kind of kind of hire yourself out of a job, and uh, but you're still going to then be managing those those yeah. people as your portfolio or, or partnering myself out of a job again. You know right. somebody who this is their first or second deal, wanting to get you know, into a deal. There's lots of people out there that are eager to eager to put the sweat equity in to, to learn. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's an important part of, of this whole process, you know, and that's the beauty of it too. There's such a team sport, you know, there's so many people that you can get those kind of things. Right. Um, you know, and even though I've been a successful businessman on my life, you know, I was lucky to get that volunteer role. Um, you know, it's, even though it didn't go the way I planned, I'm very fortunate. Yeah, they're all they're all lessons to be learned. So everything, if you if you look at it, it's a great attitude to have. If you look at it from that that perspective, that you know everything that's happening is is teaching you something, yeah. and then you can actually grow from it and take it and and you know sort of improve with each deal. So uh, a really great perspective to have. Let's um let's switch gears here. I'm going to ask you the questions that I uh, like to ask every guest uh, as part of the show. And so the first one is based on the name of the show being know your why, what is your why? What, what's driving you, you know, kind of what, what, what keeps you going and <laughs> gives you that willingness to, to volunteer, to be the asset manager and all yeah. of that really what, what pushes you. Yeah. You know, and it's very interesting. I never thought I'd be this passionate about real estate. I never did. And I never even thought when I first started that I would find a why, you know, I came from a career that I had a big why and I never, and so my why is I want to create better places for people to live. My goal is to create a place for live people to live that don't say, come over to my apartment, say, come over to my home. That is huge to me to to make people feel like it's their home. I also want to create a place where the team that works there gets fulfillment in their duties. They are, they feel that they are contributing to this environment of making it a home. And the concept of those two happen, the third thing happens, which is to take the investors that have entrusted me with their funds and make them good returns, which in turn allows them to go do their why, which of course is very personalized, right? It could be retirement, it could be putting kids through school, it could be anything. Um, so it's kind of the full circle of life, um, you know, and it just sort of came to me one day that, oh, wow, this is this is all the pieces. And until I actually put it together, it was hard to articulate it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's your your impact can become quite wide when you when you think about it that way. And you're trying to do the most good you can for for yeah. each of those people uh, in, you know, there's 
the, the, the investors, you mentioned the investors, the tenants, um, and your, your, you know, on and the site. team on site, they're yeah. often a big forgotten portion of it. And I don't yeah. care what you think without the team on site, you could not do either of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so having them feel fulfilled, everybody just wants to fulfill Phil and that they can do a purpose in their job. And nobody minds working hard. What they do mind is being unappreciated, overworked, stressed. Um, and that's, I think, going to be the hardest thing to get done because, you know, you've got the pressure to make the business successful while you're still trying to make them feel empowered. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I think I think it's a great point that the team is is this is certainly not something you can do on your own. And, the you know, that on-site team, the property management group all of the vendors that go into making these deals work. I mean, there, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that don't essentially don't get <laughs> really any, uh, you know, sort of recognition. It's, you know, people, people put up their social media posts about their new deal and it's like, nobody's like, and thank you to my insurance guy or whatever, you know, whatever it is. It's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ancillary parts that, that go into it to, to make it happen that you, you couldn't do without them. So it's, um, it's true. It's, it's actually a really, really great point. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, second question for you, what is something about yourself that uh, isn't common knowledge? Maybe it's a special skill or a hobby, something that people can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. So most people wouldn't think I'm a headbang and rock and roll guy. So, awesome. you know, um, I, I've, I've got tickets to go see, um, you know, a reunion tour. So Motley Crue, Joan Jett, Def Leppard, and That's Poison. <laughs> um, I've got tickets to see Rob Zombie, Slipknot, Rammstein. Um, so nobody would think that this bald old guy is a heavy metal headbanger. That's amazing. That's um, a, even yeah. even Ramstein. That's a <laughs> that's haven't heard that in a while. That's a, my brother was a big fan. That's pretty funny. Yeah, you know, and I'd never seen them, and they of course got canceled with COVID, and then it took a while. So this was the ticket I bought that got canceled with COVID, and uh, um, you know, just uh, yeah, I've always wanted to see them. I've just heard incredible things. That's awesome. I love I love music and live shows and stuff too. So I I, uh, I have actually seen some of those bands in concert not not in a while but yeah that's a pretty pretty cool uh pretty cool you know sort of and throwback set of groups yeah. i'm also going to see weird al yankovic because my wife loves them uh this october and you know i still see some not so crazy stuff but uh yeah that's not as unusual yeah <laughs> no that's amazing um <laughs> when people hear this what's the best way for them to reach you how do you how do you want to be contacted and we'll, yeah, we'll put so whatever LinkedIn, you want on the show linkedin is great k trevor thompson um facebook k trevor thompson my website is niagara-investments.com and niagara because i'm originally from niagara falls canada and then my email is pretty easy ktt at niagara-investments.com okay awesome and we'll put all that in the show notes for you too Final question. What piece of advice would you give to someone who is getting started? Uh, you know, whether that's you can you can choose whether that's as an active or a passive investor, you know, kind of what, what would you tell them to, to get them uh, headed in the right direction? Yeah. So anyone you contact, contact them with the mission. What can I do for you? Not what what information can you give me? What can I do for you? How could I help you? Um, what would you like me to, to, to know or learn from you, um, you know, put that back in the sort of, I call it the servant sort of thing like the, you know, cause, cause people respond much better to that than, you know, um, would, you know, would, 
I don't know you, but would you look at this investment and tell me if I should invest? Uh, I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if um, you want me to help you walk through it and understand it, that's a different question. Right. Yeah. It's approaching it with, with, you know, providing value and, and being, yeah. being humble and, and, and realizing that, you know, people's time is very valuable and yeah. that, you know, that that's really what you're asking for. You're asking yeah. because, you know, if you're asking, like, can you look at this deal? Like if you're asking someone to look at a deal for you, they probably underwrite all the time and it's not, it, it's something that they actually get get paid to do. And so you're, you're asking for their time and you're asking for them to, you know, sort of give that up for you. So it's important to be, to be um, cognizant of that and, and, and and appreciative. So I I think uh, that's, that's a great piece of advice for those, those that are beginning. Um, Well, that is, you you did, you did great. All those questions were, it seemed you had (laughs) no, no difficulty answering those. Um, They're very front of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I appreciate hearing your story. I think, um, you know, kind of sharing what you did about some of those deals that didn't necessarily go well is also really important for people to hear. So thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, thank you for your time. No, my pleasure. It's great. Great to talk. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, we will go ahead and sign out. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.